I was pretty sure that whoever is listening or whoever is watching Pink Bike Academy can say like, yeah, I want to grab my bike once that I watch Israel doing and I want to be riding this thing. I want to try it also. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today's guest was a fan favorite from the Pink Bike Academy for how much heart and love for the sport he has, not to mention a positive attitude that cannot be stopped. It's Mexico's own Israel Carrillo. I think I rolled my R's decently there, Israel, decently. I'm melting by your words still this moment. Like, that was such a lovely introduction. <laughs> this is the second season of the Pink Bike Academy, and this time around, we've got five men and five women competing for a pro contract with Orbea and a $25,000 prize at the Big White Ski Resort to find a winner. Now, I'm going to put a link to the series in this podcast article, but I should also say that if you haven't watched the series yet, there's definitely going to be some spoilers in today's chat. So you've been warned. If you haven't seen all of the released episodes yet and don't want to find out what happens, maybe save this podcast for after you're all caught up. All right, Israel, I am pumped that you're here on the show today, and I am sorry that I can't roll my R's. Where the heck in the world are you right now? Uh, right now on Mexico, on Guanajuato is the city where I'm living. Like 10 minutes ago, I, w I was with Cody Johnson, the other contestant from Pink Bike Academy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I asked him to, to come down to Guanajuato mm -hmm. to race on a urban race where, I, where I'm with my brother. Uh, we are builders of this course. I'm pretty sure that you're going to be watching some footage about that. Yeah, it was such a good, lovely weekend, and I'm stoked about that. How do you how do you pronounce the name of your city, the town that you live? Uh, it is Guanajuato. Guanajuato. Where whereabouts in Mexico is that? Uh, it is just in the middle, in the geographical center of Mexico. Okay. We are just in the very middle of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's what is the terrain like there? Is there is there big mountains? Is there rolling terrain? Is it steep? What is it like? Guanajuato is a mining city, so Guanajuato was built like just in the very heart of some weird mountains. So this is the perfect place to be riding bikes. I'm pretty sure that if you can come one day, uh, well, feel free to come. And I'm sure that you're not going to regret. Anybody of the audience is not going to regret if you guys come into Guanajuato. Just let me know and we can rock together. Israel, I'm looking out the window right now and it's snowy and cold, so it's very tempting. <laughs> yeah, you. one of the better things about Mexico it is that you can be rolling all year long, for sure. How big are the mountains where you live? Well, on Mexico, we are using meters, right? So I think that our mountains, you can get like in two downhill runs, you can have, have like 300 meters of elevation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that says something to you. Yeah. They're they are quite bad. Yeah, they, they look fairly steep too, from what I've seen. Yeah, we, we have all kind of, of terrain right here. Mm -hmm. I think that we are so lucky. Uh, Mexico, Mexico has some of the beautiful mountains around here. I'm pretty sure that you can come without a bike and tell that we have something about mountains. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mountains are special, man. No matter where you live yeah. in the world, aren't they special? Yeah, for sure. So when you go riding, what, what kind of trails are you riding, Israel? Are they, are they like flowy, smoother trails? Are they natural, rough trails? What? 
What do you head note on? That's such a good question. I've been talking with tons of people that come from all over the world. Uh, and they are saying like Guanajuato, it's not like specifically flowy at all because we don't have like like the power tools to develop that kind of trails mm -hmm. yet. We are on the process. If we want like some flowy trails, we better start to working very hard to make those out. Yeah. So I think that we have so many technical sections, maybe a little bit of anti-grip yeah. because of, it is kind of dry and dusty. This last year, we have like tons of water, like something that we haven't seen in 20 years on, in Mexico. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it's anti-grip, technical, and that's it hard because you need to pedal that bike up. I think that e-bikes are about to make a revolution here at Mexico because of that. Yeah. We don't have like tons of shuttles or chairlifts. So, yeah, we have to pedal or push those bikes up. What's the, what is the riding scene there like? Is there, is there a lot of people in the town where you live? Do you have a bunch of buddies that you could ride with or is it a fairly small thing? I'm not from, from the city of Guanajuato. I'm from a city that is just around the corner. Uh, uh, the city where I was raised is called Dolores Hidalgo. And well, at Dolores, it's so, so flat. Dolores doesn't have uh, elevation at all. And at Dolores, everyone is riding bikes. On Guanajuato, uh, it is, you, as I told you, it's, it is in the middle of big mountains. The first day that I bring my bike to Guanajuato, some guys told me like, you cannot be riding bikes at Guanajuato. You cannot. And I take that like as a challenge. And here That's I an am. Invitation. Right, that was an invitation. And no, I think that we have quality, don't quantity. You know what I mean? Like we are not like yeah. a ton of riders here. I think that we have 10 guys, 20, if I say most, like, downhill racers, like, 30 enduro enthusiastics, and, like, another 20 cross-country. But there's tons of people coming from all Mexico to ride on Guanajuato. I think that we cannot uh, appreciate as much as we should what we have. You understand that? Like, yeah, I think that almost goes for almost where anybody lives. You know, you don't really appreciate it as yeah. much as you should, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you're building something building something neat there. Do you also build trail as well? Three years ago, I was like the main builder around here. Uh, but both those days, I was thinking that I was spending more time building than writing. And I was regretting that a little bit because everybody was just getting fun getting some podiums and I just was just building, building, building. And I can tell that, that someone's got to do it Israel. Someone has to yeah, do it. Yeah. Someone has to do it. And I'm so lucky about do that. And I feel it glad because I can tell that I live a part of me in all those constructions, but now I'm mostly a writer than a builder. Yeah. Uh, as I told you, uh, just this week, I'm the I'm I'm one of the builders for for the urban downhill racers races that happening here. Oh yeah, and I'm glad of that. And yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah, you also you mentioned to me earlier this week, Israel, you were helping with the urban downhill race. Yeah, it was an urban downhill race. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds rowdy. I've seen videos of urban downhill races from like Mexico and Chile. I think in other places they look so scary, Israel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that urban downhill racing on Mexico, it's a thing. Yeah. I think that Mexico should take more advantage of that. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty sure that on the next years all all over the all over the world are going to be hearing some more noise about those races. Yeah, nice. What what kind of bike do you ride, Israel? Right now my ma- my main bike it's a Remedy. Yeah. Uh a 27.5. But sometimes have some dust on it, but I also have a, a glory, oh, a downhill. The big bike, yeah. the big moves. Yeah, the big bike. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I'm I'm really in love with the downhill rig, but those enduro bikes, as you know, they are kind of doing like everything. You can tell yeah. they don't. I can tell that they don't, but yeah. they are, they are almost there. Yeah, they're not, they're not downhill bikes, but it's nice that you could take them almost anywhere and they work well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how did you find out that you were going to be on the PB Academy? Did someone did someone call you? Was it an email? How did that happen? Uh, it's a cool story. First, you have to know some other things. Yeah, uh, I was watching season one, and when I went like into episode five or so, I was telling myself like, I can win that thing for sure. Of course, the season two, it's anything like the first season <laughs> yeah, it's different. but yeah no i mean like it's a different word it's a different beast is i can tell that it's not if they just have the same um judges they have jason they have christina it's happening on big white yeah but it it is not the same show yeah. it is not but well i tried to get in and then i was having some nightmares i have this nightmare that i was selected but I wasn't checking my email. Uh, so as you guys haven't having an answer by me, you getting you're getting kicking me out just because. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was having this nightmare and one day I couldn't I was Googling and looking on all the websites like when they are going to tell us who is in. Yeah. You know? And I couldn't find that 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 thing in any place at all and that day the day that i was more stressed about it or kind of even kind of sad right uh that day i received an email uh saying like hey we want to to take the next step with you israel are you open to get a chat with us and just in that specific moment i just start to cry (laughs) yeah i yeah because i was really I, i was really sure I was pretty sure that I I was I'm going to be uh, a good contender for the show. And if the things there's a universe where the season two is just like the season one, and I'm pretty sure that in that one, Israel is not getting out on the second episode. I'm pretty sure of that. Some parallel universe, Israel's yeah. riding Orbea. He's got that twenty five mm-hmm. grand in his pocket. Right. <laughs> How? How long did you have before they told you you were coming and you had to leave? How long did you have to prepare? Hmm. That question also gives me another answer that you are not asking me for. <laughs> but for preparation, I think that I have, I spend more time uh, getting my papers done to can- to be able to go to Canada. I think that is, I spend more time uh, getting those papers to to be able to go there than preparing my body to do it 
but I have like a month and a half. I think that was like a month and a half. What did you do in that month and a half to get ready? Okay, first of all, I have to start to talking a little bit more on English because that's a, a great a great barrier, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the audience is, of course the audience is getting know that that guy is Mexican or some kind of thing, right? But oh, they'll know. yeah, they for know sure. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. But I was preparing a little bit of, of my language for you guys. And that was the, the first point. And the second one was to replicate, as I told on the little interview that you guys sent me, you can check it out also on Pink Bike on the getting yeah. getting to know. Uh, I was preparing myself with, with the help of my girlfriend to do those challenge, like building a, a bike from, from scratch, like rebuilding some suspensions and all that kind of things. Yeah, and while I was doing that, I was timing myself. I was replicating all that, all those. I even was asking from for some Garmin equipment to do those weird challenge with the what's the name of when you put when you put a, a mark on a gps oh root finding yeah so i was doing that kind of things to be more familiar with those and as soon as i get to big wide i say like oh my <laughs> oh my <laughs> you didn't have any of that to do no and, and, you know, I think that this is an, an interesting thing also. As soon as I get there, I was pretty sure that I was going to be the only Latin American guy there. And meeting their flow was such a big surprise. First of all, was like, oh, how this is going to work with my plan? Because I was, I was on a plan, for sure. So Israel, you're also a new dad and you're in school for sports psychology. You sound like you're kind of busy. How did you manage to fit in coming up north to do this PBA competition with all that stuff? Whew. Well, first of all, with the support of my girlfriend, of my, of my family, of course. But it is so hard, man. I consider myself a racer here at Mexico. And even just racing here, the local races, the national championships. It is so hard with, with this. But I think that all of us has these kind of battles, you know? I'm pretty sure that you have your your agenda pretty full. I'm pretty sure of that. And I'm pretty sure- That's what Brian thinks anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I like to think that, that all of us are on the same train. So I have these, these things and I think that it's fair, you know? Like you can, you can call, whichever of the contestants uh, and ask the same question. And I'm pretty sure that they were not like, yeah, I'm on. Yeah. Every, every of us have something to, to leave at house, to be able to be there. To me, to me was, I was struggling without, without my baby. Uh, to me, it was kind of hard to be far from home. How, how old was your little one when you left? Like a year and a half. Oh, freshy. Yeah. I can understand mm -hmm. not wanting to go. I need to go to get some, the COVID vaccine at the States, uh, some weeks before Academy. So that was the first day that I was out of home since my baby get born. That was a rough one. 
uh, but that helps me. And I can tell that that was even a preparation for the academy to be out of home. Everybody, everybody has busy things going on in their life, and it's just about prioritizing, you know, what you want to do and making it happen. I guess, eh? Right. I was pretty sure that was a life changing experience. I was pretty sure that I was able to do a good show. I don't. I doesn't hesitate. That's how we say. I. I just. I don't. I do not doubt at all of going there. So yeah. No. No doubt. But what about nerves, Israel? Like. If it was me, I get so nervous like about almost anything, to be honest with you, let alone racing my bike on television in front of the world. How were your nerves going into this thing? You knew you were going to do it right away, but were you nervous? I, I have to be honest with you with this one. I was excited about it. I don't think that was nervous. I can tell when I'm about to do a big jump, like... Oh man, I'm kind of nervous about this. But now going into the academy was such a was such a trip to me. I I wasn't nervous at all. I well before dropping, you can you can tell on the <laughs> before dropping in that was a nervous thing. But getting into the academy, being in front of cameras, uh, that's a different story. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like you knew you were, you, you're just going to do it and everything's fine. It's fine how it goes. You know, there's going to be a great experience. Was that your first time out of the country riding mountain bikes out of Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yes. Yeah. Actually, yes. It wasn't the first time, like, on a, I think that nothing compares to this thing, but I, I've been on some big races, I can tell. I can tell that I was from such a big crowds, but nothing like that, no. At the start of episode one, you said, we're racing against a pro racer, but that only helps me because I don't think a pro has what I have. Israel, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you have that that pro doesn't have? I think that I can read people. First of all, I, I think that I can read people. I can be talking with you and I can feel you, man. I can I can feel you. And I can and I can not guess, I can relate with what people are living and how to help them to reach whatever they want. Uh, I was pretty sure that that right now whoever is listening or whoever is watching Pink Bike Academy can say like, yeah, I want to grab my bike once that I watch Israel doing and I want to be riding this thing. I want to try it also. You know what I mean? And you can see some footage from from some pros, from whichever kind of rider that you want. Uh, Let's take, for example, Semenuk. You can see uh, footage from Semenuk and say like, that's mind-blowing, right? But you can say like, I cannot try what Semenuk is doing. You know what I mean? It's almost so out there that when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't plan on doing a triple tail whip on purpose. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's right. But I can tell that the people can relate. Like, I want to try it also, right? I have a kid. I'm, I, I can't keep riding just as Israel. I, I am studying. I can keep riding just as Israel. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but not just that, like Latin America, all 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 Spanish speakers have a different story than the than the world. There's a line that I wish that came out from Pink Bike Academy, but can't, doesn't came out at the end of the edition. Uh, they asked me like, what it's to be a Mexican, and I answered like, being a Mexican, it means that you're going to be eating all kind of delicious food all year long, but you have to work as hard as you can all year long to have that. And it is so hard to be a Mexican, man. It is so hard to be born here. I can tell that there's so some, I can tell that I'm so lucky to, to be born here, but I can tell that it is quite hard. It's incredibly beautiful, but I'm, I mean, you don't, you definitely don't have access to some of the things that some of us do for sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I don't know how many days you have to work for a mid range bike. Uh, yeah. I cannot tell, but I'm pretty sure that you have to work like, I don't know if the, the half of the days that I need to, to do it. And even with yeah. that, maybe I'm going to spend that money in another thing for sure. Your attitude is real. Like you, you clearly have more empathy than, than some of some other people for sure. And like, you're, you just seem so grateful and positive about things. And you were honestly there to me, it sounds like more for the experience and to share how you felt and show what you can bring and what you could bring. Like it might not be a race win, but I mean, maybe that's not everything, right? Yeah. Imagine this, imagine this, you are in front of all this audience. They are going to put uh, an action camera because we cannot say this brand and you're going to be tons of photographers around some drones. And you have this option to commit into a technical section that it's that gets you kind of uncomfortable, or you can take the easiest line and have all these comments from Pink Bike. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that it's in this specific talk it is harder to take the easiest line. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like I do. if yeah. you are in pressure, in, yeah, pressure. pressure. So I think that it takes guts to to commit in your line, even if that line is the easiest one. And at the end of the day, if you commit with the things that you choose, that brings you hmm, uh, that brings you happiness, right? Because you are not lying to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Israel, do you have a, a strategy that you employ for getting into this sort of mindset, whether it's like before an event or before anything that would make you nervous? Or is this just is this just how you are? Yeah, this is how I am. But this is, has something to do with the things that I'm studying with sports psychology. I think that the part that I struggle the most is with against my, my own mind. Yeah. But these last days, I've been thinking that if you're on a race and you are struggling. And at the end of the race, you say it like, ah, maybe I could do this or that or whatever. Uh, I've been thinking that I can still pushing even if I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm going to be ready for a bigger event because now I'm racing uncomfortable, you know? And yeah. once that this perfect race run without feeling that way 
happens, it's going to be the perfect run. Yeah. Well, no, I, I've never had a perfect so, run, so I don't, but yeah. I get the idea. <laughs> so so to me, to, to me, it's always a preparation. I like to think that we never know what's coming next. So I think that even Pink Bike Academy, to me, it's a preparation for something bigger. Israel, you mentioned the comment section, the PB comments there. How was that, as someone who I assume you haven't had to deal with hundreds or thousands of commenters before, how was that for you to see the comments on the articles? They tell us at Pink Bike Academy, like, don't go and read those comments. Yeah. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> I tell myself that too. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but then some of you guys start to send me some message about a specific comment, about a very one specific comment, like, you have to see this, Israel. And I start to reading all those. And I have to thank everyone who was saying something good to me. And even I can say thanks to those who are saying like, uh, what up? Who bring that dude? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because that guy is getting my, is that guy is getting me just pedaling, pedaling harder and harder and harder. And all those other guys are just inspiring me to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it was such a special thing to read those comments, for sure. So Israel, your first race was down that rocky and super dusty track. How did that go? Not time-wise, but tell me how the run went for you. I don't want to, this sounds like a, a excuses or something, but also was my first time riding with a GoPro in front of my goggles. Oh yeah, you know, down, was that in your vision a bit? Yeah, down the visor. Uh, all of us were saying like, can can you guys put it on a chesty or something, or in the top of the helmet? They say like, uh, go on, guys. Everyone is wearing that. It's not a big deal. We went down that, and to me it was like a completely different track that I was training for. But uh, as I told you, and as you can see it on the show, I was not putting myself just in the race runs. I was pretty sure that through the show, I was thinking that on the first elimination, of, of course, I wasn't going to be the one going home that early. And I was planning to show progression through. So I was saying like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this race run like a practice run, like a, not a practice run, like, like a mellow run, like a mellow run. And then I'm going to start to show him some progression. They also told like, see this show as a marathon, not, not as a sprint. And I can, and if you have ever been on a marathon, I think that you want to finish the thing, right? When you are, when you are on a training program, you just can hit your, uh, your hundred percent one day in all the year, you know that? So, yeah. So I was, I was thinking like, if I'm going to go for the prize, I have to administrate myself for picking. And I was hoping that the judges see, see all those virtues about Israel Carrillo and let me get into other stages where I can show off a little bit more. In hindsight, do you wish you went harder on that descent? I'm happy with my descent that day. I can keep with that one. I'm yeah, proud I of like that. It. 
I, I, as I told you, it, it takes some guts to do that thing that way. Right at the top before you dropped in too, you definitely looked emotional about being there. I was crying. That, yeah. I mean, I, I got goosebumps watching that. It made, it reminded me of times that I've been on my bike in places of the world and looking out, you know, you're on top of some mountain and you're looking out and you just have goosebumps and you're just like, wow, amazing. Right? Right. Like, I can't even feel it just right now again. Because there are not many people on the world that can feel that thing. If you are racing, you are on a privilege. That was a great view up there, Israel. And it was a hell of a lot better than the view of all you guys on trainers doing an FTP test. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as nice. Had you ever done an FTP test before? No. That, that was, was the first one. Yeah. Trial by fire. What did you think? I want to do it again, for sure. I want to do it again, and I want to do it that, like, monthly or every other month. All these things just help me to know what are my weakness. Um, but not just that. To me, I was, as I told you today, I consider myself a racer. But since Pink Bike Academy, I've been thinking myself as a rider. That is, of course, not just, just the same. But I want to improve all the things, every aspect that I can as a rider and to perform better when the day comes as a racer. Israel, I feel like your calling isn't racing. Not that you're, not that you can't be a racer, but like, the the like the spirit and the positivity that you bring to the sport like i don't i don't see i don't have those types of conversations with people who genuinely race their bikes generally i find a lot of those people are more aggressive and when we're talking when we're interviewing them like we're not talking about empathy and appreciation and crying you know or mm. writing journals like these are not conversations that you have with someone who races bikes but here you are you're a bike racer but there's this other side of you i don't it's just it's so interesting it's interesting is you're like an open book mm -hmm. on sports psychology uh they have been telling us that there's not a profile for a for an athlete you know yeah you can be you can be a such a good athlete being bad in human relationships you can be the perfect racer being such a smart ass you can be whoever you are you can be such a good racer that that doesn't count at the end of the day but i can tell that bikers uh, on this such a high levels uh his his ego uh, his ego game is it's on a peak also they are kind of aggressive they are kind of uh like ready for the next battle you know do you think you need to be like that to be to be a good top racer do you think you need to be like that no i don't think so and i will not get me into that no man i think that all of us have to be fighting our own battles all the time and do the best we can with that so no not every single day i will bring myself into that direction i want to live every piece of my life the way i'm living and be the best version of myself as a rider, as a racer, with that. So, yeah. Okay, we got to talk about the elimination, Israel. Mm, okay. 
So let's go back to that end of episode two. You said before that you weren't expecting to get cut. Mm -hmm. So when Jason called you forward, take me back. What was going on in your head? Okay. If, if you guys want to see it, I invite you to go there, put it on YouTube again and see my body language, see the body language of Cody. See, I think that also was Elena, I think. Uh, you can see our body languages. And you can tell that Israeli is not going home. I think that that's why they are saying like, come on, man, right? Yeah. Um, that, that day I, I was admiring Cody, but at the same moment I was so proud. I was telling myself like, yeah, today I'm sending home Cody. That's a good yeah. thing for me. <laughs> and I was yeah. pretty sure that, that that thing was going to happen. Uh, I was kind of shocked. When you got eliminated, you have to stay there afterwards, don't you? They they keep you at Big White for another two weeks or something like that. Mm -hmm. Was it hard to be there while they were still filming the competition? And did you watch it at all? Yeah, it was so hard. I was on the preparation on that month and a half that we talked about earlier. I was... Uh, taking care of my of my food, you know what I mean. Yeah, I was uh, on a plan, but the next day of them of my elimination, I I say like, oh man, no, I can fuck be. it, large yeah. pizza. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do that, but no, I think that I lose like four or five kilos on three days. Kind of was so hard, and yeah, they told me that I can be around on the challenges. I wasn't. I, I couldn't, I, uh, for some days, I couldn't even watch them. I was like sad for real, man. Like, and it was such a contrast. I was on the best days of my life. And with that elimination was like one of the saddest days of my life between the happiest. I think a lot of, a lot of PB commenters were also bummed to see you get eliminated first, Israel. A lot of us were hoping to see you stay around longer, for sure. Was there anything that you learned while you were at Pink Bike Academy in Canada that you could bring back to your own local riding scene in Mexico? For sure. And first of all is that some guys are in such a different game level. Bradley, you can tell that that guy can shred. When I've been against some national champions, champions, here on Mexico, and as soon as I saw Bradley on his second run, like warming up, he was on the pace of the national champion yeah. at full gas. And I was like, fast, <laughs> and I said, like, what? Yeah. Wow. Slow down, Bradley. Mm -hmm. What up there? But they are also human, man. You know, I'm pretty sure that we can get into that level. And I am pretty sure that we are going to be on that same level, not quite far from this day. And that's such a special thing that they let me get in into the academy. I think that some, some of the Mexican guys maybe are going, going to get mad about this. I don't know. I hope that they don't. But I can tell that I'm, I am representing Mexico fairly on that show. Uh, to me, that's such an important thing. But I can tell that even my attitude represents Mexico too. So that's such a good thing, I hope. <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh, since I was on that show, some of my fellow writers from Mexico have been telling me like, such a good thing that you were there, man. Have you watched the rest of the series 
that have the episodes that have come out? Mm, just the last one, I think that it's on the. They are going now on the six, seven, I think. Uh, I haven't watched the last one because of my cell phone. I I don't have like a good connection all day long. So. Are you pulling for anybody to win? I was on a talk with Flo and on the first days, and I go with her and told her like, you know, uh, it's going to be me or you. It's going to be this is going to stay on Latin America for sure because because the the thing that I already told you, I told her like we are the perfect tools. They're going to get you as a racer or they're going to get me as a ambassador for sure. It's going to be you or me. I'm pretty sure of that. So as soon as I get eliminated, one part of me feel like happy because of flow. But not just that, that this is also one thing that they don't doesn't show. Before leaving Mexico, I told I told I talked with my girlfriend about this. And I was saying like I'm so excited about to meet this other version about me because for sure they are they they are going to be like writers that love every single moment of his lives and they are trying to spend every single second of his lives on the bike right right so i told them all of them this like i'm so lucky about meet you guys and i'm so lucky because i feel that some version of myself is staying here on pink bike academy we all need a little more of Israel's attitude in our life. I feel like everybody listening. <laughs> Thank you, so you got you came back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Is there a fire lit under your ass after this, Israel? Are you are you gung ho? Are you training? What are you up to since since the competition? As soon as I came back, I was looking for which was the next race. The next race was an EWS qualifier. Uh, I was thinking to go for them because I was saying, like, I just came in back from Canada. I, I've been performing better with my handling. I think that I can get that shot. But I also was saying, like, I think that this is a correct a correct moment to to put my thoughts on the table and see in which direction I want to point me now. Yeah. You know? And so I say, like, no. I really want to to put that on the table and and show another direction or see if that's the correct direction and that was just happened I was I was thinking that I would just want to perform better in every kind of aspects of my life Israel we saw you journaling during the show can you tell me a bit about that why do you why do you do that well first of all it's not just a journal for PBA uh, it is a journal about my my life. Uh, of course, I want to write down those because it was such a special moment and I doesn't want to lose any of it. Um, as I told it on the show, I want to share the most with my baby boy. But because of because concussions, I have to write down so much things because other way I will forget all kind of weird details about my all days leavings mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah i find that writing stuff down it's not even that you need to go look at it again right it's just the fact that you when you actually perform the act of writing it down it, it helps commit it to memory as well yeah but i have to tell i've been reading back some of those days and there's some 
details that I I already forget. So I'm glad that <laughs> I, I you wrote them down. Yeah, I'm glad to write down. And I'm glad that we have that footage now. Yeah. Isn't that it's kind of special, eh? Like you can go back and you could watch yourself in this amazing trip that you had. Yeah, it's really neat. And that's there forever. Yeah. What is what's next for Israel? First of all, I want to try to help my people. And with that, I want to say like any kind of biker, any kind of person to help to get into that finish line that it's that they are thinking about. And this is go for anyone who is listening. If anyone who is who is listening thinks that Israel Carrillo can help him, uh, you can write me down something and we can figure it out for you guys. Uh, but I have a special place in my heart for all Latino America, for all kind of Spanish speaker, or for whoever who is struggling with anything. And I want to prepare my, myself to help others in any kind of things. Um, if you want to try to do some endurance racing or something, maybe I'm not the perfect endurance rider as you all guys see it on the FTP. You're working on it. You're working yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> but I can get you in contact with a specialist that can help you with that for sure. So I'm pretty sure that I'm, that the things are waiting for me. It's to help push the Mexican scene the Latin American scene to have more eyes on it. I think that that's a special part. And I think that this is a game that everyone is going to be winning. I'm pretty sure that if you guys start to looking at us and coming with to ride with us and all the thing, uh, the level is going to be up there. I, I think that then the, the next brand on Semenuk is just on Chile maybe, maybe it's on Colombia. But you haven't seen it yet. And that little boy, it's just waiting for it. And a special thing is just right here. This podcast is on English. And that's such a big barrier. I need to find the, the way to replicate this. But not just that. I need to find a way to show these people where to look, where to listen this. And that is such a big battle. You're a great talker, Israel. I feel like you could do this. You could. It's easy. I'm just sitting here talking to you. You could do it too. You should start one. Yeah, I should start one. And I think that I'm going to do it. Uh, right now I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm starting to make some contest, co content on YouTube. It's called Bicicletas Como Tal. Biker, ya estás en Bicicletas Como Tal. El día de hoy descubriremos el siguiente tema. Quédate aquí y ve cómo te podemos ayudar. Esto es Bicicletas Como Tal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be able to make some content. Uh, I want to talk there about um, mechanical, about technique, about Bicicletas Como Tal, uh, that it's going to be the channel. Uh, there we are talking uh, as bikers about our bikes. All right, Israel, that was a great chat. It was fun talking about PBA and all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I'm definitely going to come visit you probably sooner rather than later as I'm freezing my ass off here in Canada. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show. And everybody that's listening, if you've got questions for Israel, put them down below. And he said that he's going to get in there and answer them. And thanks again, Israel. We'll see you all 
next week. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I hope that this is not the last time on your podcast. No, we should do more. Okay, that would be great.